Greetings Earthlings, today I am back with another new video series, and since I couldn't think of anything clever to call it, I will just call it Oop, Oop, O-O-P, out of production. <laughs> In this series, if you couldn't guess what it's going to be, I will be reviewing and or demonstrating microphones and gear that is out of production, and in the first episode today, we will be looking at the classic Shure SM5B. This thing is massive. And for this review, I will have the microphone connected directly to the Focusrite 18i20 2nd Gen. My gain is going to be set at 100%, recording 24-bit 48 kHz. I will not be doing any kind of post-processing, but I may have to boost it a little bit in post, so check the doobly-doo to see what I diddly did. Before we go any farther, let me share a little bit of history about the SM5. This microphone was originally released in 1966, and there were two versions that were available. The SM5B, which was designed for broadcast applications, and the SM5C, which was made for film dialogue or boom operation. And to my understanding, the difference was that they implemented a 100 Hz high pass filter to get rid of wind noise and maybe some handling noise from hand holding the boom pole. The SM5 mics were only in production for 20 years. They were discontinued in 1986, even though people absolutely loved them. And I looked up why they were discontinued, and according to Schur's website, they stated, Among some audio engineers in the broadcast radio market, the SM5B has the reputation of being the finest voiceover microphone ever made. However, the SM5B was not a successful product for sure. It was expensive and difficult to manufacture. The best sales year in its history saw a quantity sold of only 200 units. With such a low sales volume, the SM5B parts suppliers kept increasing their prices. Eventually, it was not economically feasible to keep the SM5B in the sure product line. The SM7, introduced in 1972, has been and continues to be a very successful product worldwide. It has outsold the SM5B by many magnitudes. Now let's talk about what comes in the box, which I don't have, so we have a stand-in box. I have no idea what comes in the box, but I'm guessing you got the microphone. That makes sense, and maybe a bit of documentation too. Then as far as the build quality, there are parts of this that I think feel perfectly fine, but other aspects of it that I absolutely hate. First, you have this Y mount or U mount, which is made out of metal and feels excellent. You have this metal centerpiece, which acts as the housing or mounting point for the microphone's internals. On the Y mount, you have 5 8 inch threading to mount this to a microphone stand. On one side, you do have a standard XLR output. And then you have these two massive foam blimps on either side of the microphone. I tried to remove them, but I think they're glued down. I could not get them off, and they don't make these anymore, so I'm not going to rip them and take them off. I absolutely hate this design because you're stuck with these foam blimps on the side. The foam will degrade. There's no way to replace them. And you're going to be working with however many decades of spit on the foam of these things. That's why I really enjoy the foam windscreen of the SM7B. It is so easy to replace and it costs, I think, $20 and you will never run out of available options for replacements. But because I was not able to take the foam off, I pulled a picture off of recordinghacks.com and here is what the internals of the microphone look like. 
if you do care about it. This microphone was made in the USA. Then as far as the specs, this microphone has a cardioid polar pattern, a frequency response of 50 hertz to 15 kilohertz, a sensitivity of around negative 56 dB, and an impedance of 150 ohms. Now I am spinning around at the SM5B to 90 degrees. Here's what the off-axis rejection and coloration sounds like. Continuing around the microphone to 180 degrees, here's what the rear sounds like. Continuing around to the second 90 degree angle, and then we will rotate and end at the front of the microphone. Now let's go ahead and test the plosive rejection of this thing. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. I hate that my mouth is so close to 40 years of other people's spit, but now I am right on top of the microphone to demonstrate the proximity effect on this thing. Now I'm about three inches off of the mic with it pointed at the corner of my mouth and here is how it sounds. About one foot away from the microphone. Here I am two feet away from the microphone and about four feet away from the microphone. Now I am typing on a keyboard with Gatoron blue switches to see how much of my voice versus how much of the keyboard it picks up. And now for you elite gaming folk, now I am typing on the sad W keys. Here is how the microphone sounds in a well-treated room. And here is how the microphone sounds in a completely untreated room while I am completely blown out. That didn't sound right, did it? <laughs> Next, because this microphone doesn't have the ability to be mounted to a standard shock mount, I'll go ahead and tap on my desk to see how much of that noise it can reject and I'll tap on the boom arm. And like I always do, I'm a very annoying person and I will go ahead and tap on parts of this body to see if there are any kind of resonant frequencies. Now, like always, we're going to do a very quick comparison between the SM5B and a couple of other broadcast dynamic microphones which are pretty popular. This is going to be mainly Shure microphones, and we are not going to be doing a 15 microphone comparison because this is just a historical record because I don't think there are many of these microphones available for purchase. That additional context may not be as necessary as a standard review. Like always, we'll start on the microphone that we are reviewing. This is the Shure SM5B. I am three inches away from the end of the microphone. My gain is set at 100%, and here is how it sounds. First up, I am on the Shure SM57. Gain is still at 100%, and I am about five inches away from this. I'm doing that because I believe the capsule of the SM5 is set two inches back or so from the end of the foam, so I'm trying to get the capsule at around the same distance. Here is how the SM57 sounds. $100 instrument, dynamic microphone, a classic. Let's jump back to the 5B and do a couple more comparisons. We are back on the Shure SM5B again, so you can hear how this sounds. Nothing has changed. Let's jump to the next microphone. Next, I am on the Shure SM58. The gain is still at 100%, and I am again about five inches off of this thing. And this is another $100 dynamic microphone. 
This is a vocal dynamic microphone typically used for stage. I know a lot of people use it for podcasting as well. There you go, SM58 versus the classic SM5B. Let's do some more comparisons. We are back on the SM5B again, so you can hear how this sounds. Exact same settings, exact same distance, and here is how this 40-plus-year-old microphone sounds. Now I am on a modern Shure SM7B. This is in flat mode, so I do not have a high-pass filter or a presence boost engaged. I'm about three inches off of this microphone, gain it 100%. Again, the capsule is offset maybe one and a half to two inches, so I'm trying to get a similar distance from the capsule. $400, very common broadcast vocal spoken word dynamic microphone, also used for singing. There you go, modern versus vintage. Which one do you like better? Let me go ahead and turn on the presence boost on this as well. And now I have engaged the presence boost on the Shure SM7B. You will be able to hear how this sounds compared to the SM5 as soon as I switch back, which we are going to do now. There you go, SM7B modern dynamic versus vintage dynamic similar application use thing. Next comparison. What a shocker, back on the SM5B, same distance, same gain setting, 24-bit, 48 kilohertz. Make sure to check the lower third to see how much I boost each of these mics in post, and let's jump to the next one. Now we are on a vintage 1972 Shure SM7, also made in the USA, and I am in the neutral mode, about three inches off of the end of this, about five inches from the capsule, gain still at 100%. And there you go, Vintage SM7 versus Vintage SM5B. The huge benefit to Vintage SM7s, you can use a current modern SM7B pop filter windscreen, and it'll fit and work, and you're not dealing with 40 years of spit. Excellent. Let's jump back and do another comparison. Here we are back on the SM5B again. Like always, nothing has changed. Here is how it sounds. Let's go to the next mic. Now I am on the Electro Voice RE20, about four inches away from the end of this, about five inches away from the capsule. Gain is still at 100%, no high pass filter engaged. This costs around $450. And here is how it sounds. One very popular broadcast vocal spoken word dynamic microphone versus another, a classic, a legend of that application. Okay, we have one more comparison to do, and I think everybody knows what it's going to be. And I believe this is going to be the last microphone that we're comparing it against. This is the SM5B. Get a good feel for it. Listen to how it sounds on my voice. And let's jump to this last microphone. And lastly, I am on the Neumann U87AI. This is not a dynamic. This is not handheld. This is not typically for broadcast. This is a large diaphragm multi-pattern condenser microphone that costs around $32 to $3,600. Gain is set at around 11 o'clock, about five inches off of this microphone, and here is how it sounds. $3,600 versus, I don't know how much this costs new, but vintage, it goes for maybe $1,000. Is that worth it? Probably not. 
And there you go. Those are all the comparisons I'm going to be doing today. I know it's not the standard 15 microphone comparison, but I just did not think that was necessary for this style of video. But let me know in the comments which one you liked the best. And now let's jump to the music test. However, I will not be doing an electric guitar test because I can't fit this thing in my box of doom. It's too massive. It's too big, I can't get proper placement, so I will not be including a test for the electric guitar. We've got a 30-year-old mic And they don't make it anymore So what's it like? Let's find out Yeah, this microphone is at a minimum 35 years old Probably well into 40 years old Who knows how old it is? This entire video, just like all of my videos Is finding out and demonstrating How different microphones sound I should note with these more vintage microphones, it's always a gamble because you have no idea what the life of it has been, how the prior owners treated it. So we're just basing this entire thing off of this specific microphone. But let's jump to the outro conclusion part now. All right. While I was reading that article on Shure's website where they had audio engineers for radio stations stating the SM5B was one of the greatest vocal spoken word microphones of all time, I was a bit hesitant. I don't think it's quite there, but I don't think they're too far off, and in the 60s and 70s, I can absolutely see why they would think so. And first up in terms of pros, the top end on this thing is very detailed and open sounding, which is fairly rare for a broadcast dynamic microphone, especially without sounding too overboosted and too unnatural. Also, I found the off-axis rejection to be excellent. It did a great job at rejecting the keyboard, and it did a really nice job in the untreated room. What a shocker, the big foam windscreens do a great job at rejecting plosives. Additionally, the microphone did a surprisingly good job rejecting bumps of the boom arm and the desk. It must have an insane internal mounting system because this is just a solid hunk of metal. It doesn't do anything special on the outside. So the internals must be incredible. And you know me, I pay attention to manufacturing location. I love that this was made in the USA. And then as far as cons, I imagine this will be the biggest con for most people, pun intended, the size. This thing is massive. I will have a piece of footage here with the SM7 versus the SM5B. It's twice the size. This is going to be blocking your vision. If you need to have clear vision, it's not going to help you. No matter what you do, it's going to be at least in your peripherals. That will be distracting for the most people. For most people, not the most people, most people. And also, I don't know if this ought to be a con, but given the fact that this is discontinued, there are no replacement parts for it, and you're stuck with the foam windscreens from 1986. Nothing you can do about that, but quite a big bummer because I think it does sound pretty nice and I would like to use it, but not have 40 years of spit staring me in the face every time I speak into it. 
And then as far as my overall thoughts and opinions of this microphone, I did not test it on the electric guitar, so I have no thoughts there. On the acoustic guitar, it wasn't terrible, but I do hear that somewhat typical dynamic sound on the acoustic where it sounds a little bit dead and dull, and it definitely would not be one of my first picks while I was micing up an acoustic. Next up for singing, I was shocked by the top end of this thing. It has so much treble and so much air. It has a nice sheen to it, a nice openness to it. Although it does start to get a touch artificial sounding, and I do think the S's can get a little bit harsh. Also, the mids really became prominent. It sounded a little bit nasally. It wasn't terrible but probably not going to be the best pick or the first pick for most singing applications. And lastly, for spoken word, I was pretty impressed by this thing. I quite liked it. I do think the top end is quite dominant on it. You do get a little bit of sibilance up there, but in comparison to a modern SM7B, it's more open, it's clearer sounding although it is a bit less smooth sounding. I also noticed when I was going back and forth between microphones, you do have a little bit of a weird nasal frequency in there. Not terrible, not hugely noticeable, but if you're going back and forth and a being, I do hear a little bit of funkiness in the nasal frequencies. And then the low mids and lows get right out of the way. It is unmuddy, it is clear, but it doesn't sound hollow, it doesn't sound scooped, it doesn't sound overly weak. All around, a pretty good sounding microphone, especially considering 1966, 1967, that time period, I imagine this would be an incredible sounding vocal dynamic microphone. And to wrap up, would I recommend the Shure SM5B? Apps of freaking lootly, but not at all. And <laughs> let me explain. I think this is a quite nice sounding microphone. I think it's historically important because it led to the SM7, the SM7B, and when you get right on top of it, sounds awesome. But given how rare this microphone is, it ends up going for upwards of $1,000. And I do think it offers a unique sound that you don't quite get from the SM7 or the SM7B. But I don't think you can justify that $1,000 price tag on this microphone, especially given that you're going to be using foam that's filled with 40 years of bacteria and spit from random people on the internet and strangers. Unless they're offering that as part of the features, I don't think $1,000 is really worth it. But as I mentioned, I think this is a really nice sounding microphone. I think it's a historically important microphone. And in the 60s and 70s, I bet this thing blew all the other broadcast dynamics out of the water because... Even today, comparing it to the SM7 and SM7B, it has some characters to it that I prefer over the SM7 and SM7B. As a whole package, maybe not, but sound quality, there are some parts of it that I really enjoy. All right, I think that's going to wrap up for today. I would love to hear from you in the comments down below. What did you think of the Shure SM5B? And do you have any other recommendations for the next microphone for OOP? Oop! Oop! Out of production, let me know in the comments down below. If you found this video fun, interesting, or helpful, go ahead and give me a thumbs up. Hated it, big ol' thumbs down. If you want more videos, go ahead and subscribe. Click that logo down beneath me, and do not forget to hit that bell icon. Click that bell icon, get notified of all my things. 
all of my things. If you want to hang out in the Discord server, go to podcastage.com slash Discord. And if you want to support the channel and become one of these amazing people over here, you can do so by clicking that join button or going to patreon.com slash podcastage and joining at the $5 tier or higher. It really does help me continue to bring you these videos on a weekly basis. I appreciate everybody over here so dang much. I appreciate all of you watching so dang much. And thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.